Welcome to a life in adventure. Have nothing about which to complain or be disappointed. With your host and creator, Scott Sterling. And now, be ready to receive encouragement for transformation into living your life in adventure. Hopes versus expectations. As in operating in hopes versus operating in expectations. One thing that I have found that helps me to live a life in adventure is that I operate in hopes and not my expectations. Um, I let go of my expectations. I feel after I have to define that. I don't mean let go. I mean I put my theme, T-H-E-M-E, my idea about what I'd like to see happen, in the area of my hopes of my mind, this is the basis for acceptance of a variation that'll, of that theme that will happen. Because I realize that my theme itself is not likely to happen. But a variation of it is very much likely to happen. In my mind, the hopes have lots of flexibility. They leave lots of room for patience and forgiveness. And they have empathy. Expectations are very strict, their paths fail, and they're only concerned with the self. In previous episodes, you've heard me talk about stress being neutral, that distress is the bad kind, which I like to call the energy of frustration, and eustress is the good kind, which I like to call the energy of joy. By processing in hopes, I increase my eustress and decrease my distress. If I were to process and expectations, I'd be increasing my distress and having no eustress whatsoever. Processing in expectations is to have that idea that your expectations are worthy to be believed because you want them to be, you want them to happen. And they're not likely to happen. Therefore, they're not worthy in which to be believed. If someone is a leader and they're a tyrant, it's because they're a militant expectation holder. They hold on to their expectations militantly. They say things like, it's my way or the highway. They don't leave any room for other ideas. They say things like, if you want it done right, you got to do it yourself. Versus a leader who is benevolent, which means they practice acceptance. It means that he or she knows does not necessarily have the best ideas, just ideas worthy of collaboration. Of these two kinds of bosses, and yes, I know, there are lots of variations in between. But on one side is, is a tyrant boss whose behavior increases distress among the workers. And the other end is a beneficent boss who increases eustress among the workers. Because I practice acceptance by letting go of my expectations, this promotes interdependency. My definition of interdependency is to say, I don't need you to function, but I find that because of our shared goals and dreams, we are both better because of our association with each other. Other definitions 
are the ability to share feelings and needs with a partner without fear that doing so will harm the relationship. Those with interdependent approaches are likely to be conscious of others and their relationships and to adjust their behavior to accommodate others. This is having empathy. There also is such a thing as negative interdependence, although I don't agree with it, which says that one can achieve their goals only if another's goals fail. So the one will obstruct the other's efforts. This is to be feel threatened by someone else's success. Nelson Mandela once famously said, to have resentment is like drinking poison and and wanting for it to be kill your enemies. In the book, 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do, Amy Moran says in chapter 8 that mentally strong people don't do this. One fact that a mentally strong person understands is that what someone else does has nothing to do with you. Being resentful of their success can actually distract you from your own efforts and many other detrimental things. Being threatened by someone else's success will actually stop you from focusing on your own path to success because of this obsession. Animosity over someone else's achievements only serves as a distraction that will slow down your progress. Because you are being so focused on what the other person is doing and achieving, you will not be content with what you have. Being resentful will only hurt your efforts at interdependency. In fact, they may damage your relationship. When you resent someone, you won't be able to maintain a healthy relationship with him or her. Resentment leads to indirect communication, sarcasm, and irritability that is often hidden under a fake smile. You won't be able to make an authentic or genuine relationship with someone if you're holding sacred grudges. And in fact, you may even try to practice one-upmanship, which is something that I personally hate. So curb your jealousy. Realize that what the other person is doing has nothing to do with you so that you can focus on your efforts. I know it's really easy to say that and put another thing to do. Although one important lesson in these podcasts is realizing that nothing is hard. Anytime you think of a task as being hard, this is an invitation for you to realize and to figure out what are the baby steps into which you can break down this big task into smaller, more manageable, easier tasks. There's the quote, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Meaning that when you're on this journey, your focus should be on your next step. Not the next hundred feet, not the next hundred yards, not the next mile, your next step. What you can do so that you are doing the activities and actions that will result in the consequences you want. This is the best way of dealing with your future. What I find attractive in a mate is not her looks. It is her attitude and one that of letting go of expectations and operating in hopes, being highly intelligent, and desiring for interdependency. Looks are a bonus. Which brings me to an idea about the idea that many women who are dating have about their ideal mate 
they have a certain checklist of things that if uh, the men they date don't check off everything, they're not worthy of their attention. Um, this ideal mate is their theme. And it's really wise to realize that your theme is not likely to happen. Therefore, it is not worthy to in which to be believed. It is important to take your ideal theme and put it in the hopes area of your mind. This is a basis for acceptance and for variation that will happen of that theme. Remember, I reiterated before, your hopes, they're flexible, they leave room for patience and forgiveness, and they have empathy. Your expectations are very strict, they're pass or fail, and they're only concerned with self. The Rolling Stones had a great song in which the lyrics said, You can't always get what you want, but if you try sometimes, you might find you get what you need. Now, I believe what they mean is, you can't always get what you want. Realize that your expectations are not worthy in which to be believed. Put those ideas of your theme in your hopes, and you might find that you get what you need. Because what you think you want is false. You're going to get what you need. So let go of your idea of what you want. Practice letting your higher power choose for you. And you'll find that what you need is exactly what you really needed. And is the fulfillment that you thought you wanted, but is actually better than what you wanted. There's also a song by the sister singing group Cimarelli, spelled C-I-M-O-R-E-L-L-I, called You Got Me Good. Two of the lines that are, I think are really important that goes along the, this idea. You're the one chance I didn't want to take, but if I had not, it would have been my biggest mistake. And the chorus says... You're the last thing I wanted, but the first thing I need. I think in that song, they're, they're saying that let go of your expectations and function in hopes instead. At the end of this podcast, this brings me to the time in which I talk about what I find you stressful. I've said before that I am a composer, I'm a brass player, and I've written a book called Elementary Bugler that teaches trumpet players, trombonists, and tubists to learn their instruments and tr by treating them as a bugle so they don't have to use their valves or slide. Here is another of my uh, melodious buglings. This one is entitled Recess is Over. <laughs> Please like and subscribe to this podcast. Write your comments about anything that you thought was impactful to you. Any suggestions that you can make for me as a new podcaster. This is, in fact, my sixth episode. Maybe seventh. Losing track. This is the second week of podcasting. And if you want to live your life and adventure, go to alifeandadventure.com. And I can give you more information. I'm going to start coaching program, one-on-one -on -one coaching in which I talk about the lessons I've learned from Heinz Food in High Places and Mountains of Spices, both by Hannah Hernard, and 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do by Amy Morin. Have you found encouragement for transformation? Do you want to learn more and dive deeper? 
go to lifeinadventure.com. Please share your comments about how this episode has encouraged you toward transformation. Until next time, have a you stressful day. Farewell.